0: Four wins in a row now for the Celtics. A great win over the Clippers, and it happened because of the other guys and the defense, plus Jalen Brown's cutting. Oh, you guys know how much I love cutting. And lessons for Joe Missoula out of this one. It's all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champions. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on, number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with Delario B. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Prime time, gapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jay's how we started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on, Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast, Monday through Friday, drop directly to your device if you're a subscriber. So make sure you are one and you can get this show wherever you get your podcast. Also on YouTube, watch a show on YouTube, join a growing community of Celtics fans discussing the game, discussing the podcast in the comment section on the YouTube page. Thank you for making this show your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player. Now, I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. i have also written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Today, coming to you after the Boston Celtics, 116-110 win over the Clippers. A really good game. This was a fun one. I, I enjoyed this game. I enjoyed this game so much. I'm really looking forward to the re-watch because I have to re-watch every game to kind of see what I didn't see, when, you, especially when you're watching it live from the angle that we see, there's, you know, you miss things. You definitely miss things. And and I, I like to go back and look at it again, knowing what happened. I'm not sitting there trying to figure out, Ooh, how's the flow of the game and all this other stuff. I'm really looking forward to rewatching this and getting uh getting kind of like a, a second look at, at, at this game. Later on in the show, third segment lessons for Joe Missoula He did not coach in this game. Damon Sotomayor did for the second straight game. And there are a couple of things that stood out to me as, hey, whoa, hmm, maybe this could be something that Joe learns from. Second segment, I'll talk about Jalen Brown cutting to the basket. That was very much uh, on display against the Clippers and and recently, for that matter. Talk about that. Let's just get into this game here to start, which was a tight one early on, uh, back and forth, uh, really fun first quarter second quarter the the Celtics got 21 points combined from Tatum and Brown to go off and and build a a lead but then in the third quarter the Celtics kind of came out flat and they turned the ball over seven times meanwhile they they kind of played a little too slow a little too off some of the uh the Clippers role players and they gave up a seven. 7 for 11, third quarter, but the Celtics came back. They didn't hang their heads. This was really important. The Celtics defensively stepped up. They didn't sit there and let that, that third quarter run get the best of them. Sometimes you lose a quarter by 12 points. It's just going to happen sometimes, especially if you you know, you know come out flat. They're a good team. Fourth quarter, Celtics attacked the bucket, and this is one thing that I thought was huge in this game. My number one takeaway from this, attacking the basket, the Celtics had 56 points in the paint, 54, 54 points in the paint in this one, uh, attacking the basket, especially in a fourth quarter stretch where the Clippers went small. They got away from a Vita for a little while, I man. I guess he's got to rest sometime. And they went with Nick Batum as their center and the Celtics just, decimated that they scored 12 points 12 consecutive Celtics points were layups or dunks and another two were uh free throws from Robert Williams who by the way the two free throws were a high post move where he had Robert uh, he had uh um, Paul George in the high post and it looked like you know typical high post Rob he's gonna look for someplace to pass and then he turned and put the ball on the floor and attacked and, and got fouled and was, I, I was in shock. I'm, wh- where, where was that? Wh- what happened there? And I had to ask him after the game about it. And, and, you know, he's like, Hey, I just saw something and I, and I took it. It's like, yeah, but you have to have seen that before at some point in your career. And you've never taken it before. He's like, yeah, you know, it's something that I'm capable of. Like, so let me just, Side note, already in one of my many side notes that I like to do in the podcast. Side note, Robert Williams taking somebody off the dribble like that—if that's an option, if that's something that he's going to be able to do a little bit more often—that uh, could be a game changer. That could be something that completely unlocks a new game, a new element to to his game. That would be amazing. That's a lot more Bam out of Bio esque. So yeah, I want to see much more of that, but the Celtics getting to the rim in the fourth quarter is what turned this game around attacking, getting to the rim. The Celtics were able to win this game shooting 28.2% from three, another bad shooting night, but very impressive that the Celtics have now had a couple of these bad shooting nights but still have found ways to win and win this game in a way where you almost didn't realize that they were shooting poorly. The, the Minnesota game is where they really, they looked terrible and the Houston game, the Houston game, they were missing a ton of shots early, but this game you're like, okay, yeah, they're missing, they're missing three pointers. But when I was thinking about Jalen Brown's game, I looked down at the end of the game and I saw 0 for eight from three. I was like, Really? That that almost felt wrong because of the way he was playing. But JB, mid-range attacking the basket. Again, that's going to be much more, much more of that in the second segment. But mid-range master, my other aside, here's another one. Can can we start the discussion of Jalen Brown in the same conversation as the other mid-range master players in the NBA? Can we start that conversation? Because, I and I haven't even checked what he's shooting in the mid range after this game, but it's in the fifty percent range, and it's it's high enough where okay is he Kevin Durant no, but can we can we start getting that? DeMar DeRozan gets all the love for being the mid range guy. How about how about Jalen Brown getting some love for that? You know he doesn't take as many in the mid range, and that and that's fine. Maybe maybe he should take a few more, but. He is just deadly. He is unstoppable in the mid-range. Another big takeaway from this game. Marcus Smart. What a game for Marcus Smart. And and here we go. I I didn't even realize this. Looking at the box score, team high, plus 10. Plus 10 on on the game. And that sounds right. That sounds right. In 37 minutes, he was 17 points, 9 assists, 2 steals, a block. Um, in three rebounds. Through the first two and a half quarters, maybe not quite as much, but two and a half quarters, let's say, they needed him to pass the ball. And he was, he did a great job moving the ball. He had nine assists through two and a half quarters. He did a great job with the pace. The pace of the game was beautiful. It was exactly where the Celtics kind of wanted it to be. Uh, the Celtics got up 91 shots, which, um, you know, they, it's not like they had, they only forced 12 turnovers. So it's not like they had 20-something turnovers to get a, a big number of shots. They just played at a good pace. Smart running off of makes. I mean, I mean, every time I see somebody run off a make, I think Tommy Heinsohn would be proud of this. Running off a of make is is just so great. And as Marcus said after the game, it's it's not you didn't use the word demoralizing, but your team, you're the clippers, and you're you know, you get to the rim, Paul George lays it in, then they inbound it to Smart. Smart pushes it and he gets a layup on the other end, like immediately. That's it's not demoralizing, but for the other team, you're like, oh man, come on. We just we just score. We're trying to put this run together. You can't let this guy do this. So doing that does take away from what the other team is trying to do. And then once once the passing lane started getting uh, closed off, they needed Marcus to score. He went and scored. And like I said, he got to the rim, hit a couple of threes, but getting to the rim, doing what he needs to do. Yeah, he took 15 shots and seven three-pointers, but I, I look at those shots and I think I, I can't remember one that was forced. And I thought Marcus Smart played in. Great, great, great control. And if I had to pick a player of the game, it might be smart because he just had the whole game working. Jalen Brown was, he he felt like he and Tatum each had 29 points. I don't think there's much to talk about with Tatum's game in this one. 29 points. It was kind of okay. He didn't shoot well. Uh, but Jalen did shoot well from two. And that's going to be the big thing here for me. Shooting well from two for Jalen Brown on the cuts that he got, that relationship with Marcus Smart. Talk about Marcus Smart being in control. This is where we really saw it. We'll talk about that in just a moment. First, today's show is brought to you by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think about calling for a ride, but nah, you live no- nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal, right? What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you could lose your job, you can total your car, or you could kill someone. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly, but that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And with New Year's coming right around the corner this weekend, this is super important, and police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, please think again, play it safe, plan ahead, get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. How about making Locked On Sports today your second listen? All the big stories from across the sports world. Local hosts, local experts, a show unlike anything else, it's going to make you look real smart around the water cooler. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts, even on YouTube. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. The Celtics got their win over uh, the LA Clippers. The fourth quarter, Jalen Brown put up 12, but What a nice contribution all across the board. Five from Derek White, five from Marcus Smart, six from Robert Williams. Just good contributions across the board. Jason Tatum was over five in the fourth quarter. He was quiet. Jalen got it going early, but everyone else, I thought the other guys were very instrumental in finishing this off. Uh, Just a lot of good performances. The defense, got to give it up to the defense, man. The defense did a great job in this game. They they doubled Kawhi Leonard. You you had Kawhi shoot 11 for 16. They only gave him 16 shots. They made him give the ball up a lot, and they didn't let him beat them. They, they forced Marcus Morris to, to try to beat them, and he couldn't. Reggie Jackson tried to beat them, and he couldn't. John Wall who had a decent shot three of six, two of three from three, but not enough of that. Norm Powell did not have a, a great game, 19 points, which is nice, but didn't play really all that well. 16 shots for Kawhi when he was shooting 69%. The Celtics did a great job taking the ball away from him. Uh, when things started getting a little dicey, the Celtics, they, they really played not to lose over the last few minutes of the game. Uh, They got away from all of the things that were working. They started to try to milk the clock. They didn't attack. They didn't close the game out. And the Clippers just started doubling and forcing turnovers and and forcing misses. And they made a run. They cut this down to three. The Celtics were up 10. Then all of a sudden, they were down. They were up three. And the big play, a defensive play, Derek white blocking Paul George at the rim an awesome play just came out of nowhere to block that shot wonderfully timed. Uh, just, a, I think Derek white had a really, really good game in this one, six of eight shooting two of four from three. So it's nice to see a couple of those fall. The two block shots. That one was huge after the game. He was joking about, Hey, I'm a shot blocker. Uh, D white, Underappreciated, I think, for the the things that he he's able to do without sh- the the shooting. The shooting came back a little bit here in this one. Drew a big three point play. Uh, I thought D White was was big that defensive play there, and then Al Horford's defensive play at the after that to to really seal it. Those were two. It's nice to see the Celtics close this out with defense. So I think things might be turning a little bit for the Celtics as far as. Maybe a little bit more defensive-minded. Maybe that's because Rob is back. Maybe things are just starting to shift a little bit. Maybe their offense, they realize, hey, we can't shoot ourselves to the wins like we used to before. And it's especially nice to see Jalen Brown getting easy baskets. Again, he was 0 for 8 from 3, which means he was 12 for 17. Wait, no. Yes, 12 for 17 when he... (laughs) I'm trying to do the math. You guys know my math is not off. 12-17 from two. And like I said before, mid-range shots, but cuts, cuts, corner cuts. You know, starting the corner and and cutting to the, you know, to the rim with Marcus Smart coming down the middle, driving and, and just finding Jalen with that lead pass leads to easy buckets. So easy for a guy like Jalen Brown who was on his way to, you know, 22-point night to all of a sudden – you get a couple of dunks and a few free throws, and next thing you know, it's a 29-point night. And a scorer like Jalen Brown, yeah, the 29-point night 29.9, 29.9 is huge because you want to score as you're a scorer. That's your job. You want to put up highlights. Backdoor cuts often lead to dunks. It's great. Backdoor cuts are a great way to do all of the things that a scorer a slasher like Jalen Brown wants to do it's great that he's starting to get back to that in fact we remember what Jalen Brown used to be when he was a rookie his first couple of years he he would cut a lot that was his way of getting his his buckets early on in his career he was he had to get buckets via cuts because he wasn't getting he wasn't a big part of the offense when he got the ball into transition he was you know, trying to dunk on on everybody. And Marcus Smart was recently joking about that. But the this is a much more in control Jalen Brown. The cuts, especially in transition. I love that in transition, he's not flaring out to the corner. He's he's going, you can see him filling the lane, and then boom, he's making a beeline to the basket. And he knows that Smart's gonna just drop that pass in a in the perfect spot. And leave it right there for Jalen to make the play. What does that do now for him? It's not just, hey, that that adds six points, eight points to his, his total. If a team is overplaying him so he doesn't get the ball on the perimeter and he cuts back door, then the other teams, the scouts, go back and they say, uh, you can't overplay Jalen Brown because he's going to burn you with cuts. You got to play off him a little bit. You got to respect the cut. Well, if you respect the cut, then he's just going to come up and get the ball on the perimeter. And if he's shooting from three and if he's hot from three, he could bury a three on you. Or if he's hot from three, he can catch it. You can overreact. He's going to drive by you. Or he's going to catch it and he's going to make a move and drive by you. That That's the cuts now. May eventually go away as teams say, okay, we've got to back off and not give him those cuts, but they will open things up for him on the perimeter because if a defense has to play off of him, he's just going to have that much more space. He's making life easier for himself. And this connection with Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart has assisted on set. He has 77 assists to Jalen Brown. Marcus is averaging 7.4 assists per game, 2.4 uh, are going to Jalen Brown, so that's that's a pretty big chunk of his assists going to just that one player, and then 68 of his assists are going to Jason Tatum. So most of his assists are going to that guy. Pretty easy to average a bunch of assists when you've got Tatum and Brown making uh, making buckets for you. So that those cuts that backdoor. Uh, that's that's just opening up a lot. I wrote about it on Boston Sports Journal, so I have a lot more in there. Uh, Damon is like, hey, look, man, when you're not shooting well, that's... I, I, I want to see you do that. When you're not shooting well, getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line is a great way to make that basket look bigger. And then later on, your, shart, your shots <laughs> will start to fall. Shots and start equal shart if you're not worried really paying attention to what you're saying. And that's what not cutting is like. And just relying on the three-point shooting. You're sharding yourself. But by cutting and getting to the rim, you're getting good shots and you're going to get to the free throw line. Anyway, I think this is a good time for me to take a break and get back and talk about the lessons that Joe Mazzulla can learn from what Damon Stoudemire did. I thought there were a couple of really interesting things that come out of this game that go, huh, okay. This is a learning a learning opportunity for Joe Missoula." That is coming up in just a moment. First, today's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. If you're like me, you've probably got a bunch of subscriptions just kind of hanging out there that you don't even remember that you got and the money's just coming out of your, your account 2023 is around the corner. Being better with your money is one of the, the biggest uh, New Year's resolutions. That's why you need Rocket Money, formerly known as True Truebill. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. I'm one of those 80%. So go to Rocket Money. It will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you. So you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. It makes canceling subscriptions super easy because all you got to do is find the subscription you don't want. You press cancel. That means no waiting on the phone, no back and forth emails. You press cancel. They do the rest. Oh, so good. 3 million people have used more than 3 million people have used rocket money. The average saving person, $720 per year. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash NBA. That's rock, rocketmoney.com slash NBA. rocketmoney.com slash NBA. I'm going to preface this segment by saying I think Joe Mazzula is doing a good job. The Celtics are, are the best team in the league. They have a winning percentage of about 73% now. They're the only team over 70%. So this is not a criticism. This is not a a negative segment towards Joe Missoula. However, there are things in this in this game that make me say, hey, look, maybe Joe can pick up a couple of things here. The first thing, the easiest part that I can I can look at is here are the Celtics playing in a game, a tight game against the Western Conference Power. This is a team that people are looking at as a potential NBA finalists, this could have been, very easily could have been, an NBA Finals preview. Jalen Brown played 32 and a half minutes. Jason Tatum played less than 36 minutes, 35-45. So you didn't have to play them 38, 39, 40 minutes in this game. Jalen Brown had a spectacular game. 29 points in 32 and a half minutes. So number one, you don't have to run your stars into the ground to win these close games. It's possible that these games can be won in another way. And yeah, Derek White went for 37 minutes and Marcus Smart went for 37 minutes. Those guys were really, really good. They were playing well. It's okay to lean on those guys. It's okay every once in a while to lean on those guys. So my first thing is just be mindful of Tatum and Brown's minutes. That's something that I feel like Joe, Joe Missoula has has leaned on them to win, which sure, they're great. They're two all NBA players, I think, this year. They'll both be all NBA, I think, this year. One of them is potentially going to be an MVP both of them could get mvp votes. so yeah, you lean on those guys to get your wins. but it's not just that those guys. i think the first year coach thing is is kind of at play here and they say, "oh, we got to get the wins. I got to pile up the wins and the i know that playing these guys a lot is going to make me potentially win more." david Sodermeyer is like, "i'm just the acting head coach. i'm not even You know, hey, whatever. Like, I'll I'll play them however much I want to play them. I know I'm not going for a job right now, and it worked. So that's number one. Number two, the timeouts. Oh, we love to talk about the Joe Missoula timeouts. I only bring it up because I think it's it's becoming a topic with the players, and they unprompted have brought up timeouts in the past couple of games Jalen Brown after this game talked about how you could tell with the extra day of of knowing that he'll be in the in the head coach's seat that Damon Steinreier was better prepared and you know when when the Celtics needed to you know when they when they let go of the rope a little bit they needed to get settled down he called called some timeouts that We're able to get everybody back on the same page, reorganize everything, and get back out there. He said that. We didn't ask him about the timeouts. He brought it up. And I don't want to read too much into it. I don't want to sit there and say he brought it up because Joe Missoula never calls timeouts. But I'm not saying that he didn't bring it up because of that either. Possibly brought it up because of that. And it was early in the third quarter. It was definitely a timeout that Joe Missoula probably wouldn't have called. The Clippers were making a little bit of a run. Joe, call, I mean, uh, Damon calls a timeout. Celtics get back, you know, they get settled again. Now, of course, ultimately, the Clippers win that quarter by 12, and they did outscore the Celtics after that. If Joe Missoula was coaching and everything went the exact same way, and he didn't call a timeout, would it have been a 12-point quarter? I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Clippers would have won it by 20. Maybe the Celtics would have turned things around, and they would have won it by 20. You don't know which way it was going to go. All I know is what happened, and what happened was Damon Stoudemire called a timeout. Celtics kind of responded a little bit out of that timeout, and then the quarter went the way it went. And then after the game, Jalen Brown brought up the timeout, and talked about how it was good to get the team organized. I feel like these guys are measured. I feel like these guys don't just say things to say things. So, I do think that there's a lesson in there for Joe Missoula They appreciate the trust and all of that stuff. However, however, the players are saying... Every once in a while, we need to be – we we need a reorganization. Every once in a while, we need to be reined in. Every once in a while, we're going to let go of the rope, and it's good to have a timeout called. Now, Joe might sit there and say, hey, man, he called a timeout and still lost a quarter by 12, so that didn't really do anything. Okay. But the players are kind of asking for – the timeouts. The players are saying they could use the timeouts. And we don't know what would have happened if he left the, the that's the thing. We don't know what would have happened if he didn't call it, didn't call it. All we know is that he called it and the, the Celtics did respond there in the moment and then later on it, it it got away from them again. But I I really feel like there is a lesson there that Joe Mazzulla just needs to tweak tweak the strategy just a little bit every once in a while, the guys are going to be kind of, I think out of sorts. And while I can understand the need to, to say, Hey, I want these guys to figure it out on their own. Every once in a while, you just need to, 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 to bring them in. It's no different than, like something it's no different than raising a kid sometimes sometimes a kid gets out of control and you just got to sit the kid down and be like okay you know what Rain it in <laughs> all right you understand a little too loud inside voice and that's it sometimes the timeout is simply hey guys inside voice hey guys how about attacking the basket a little bit more and then let them go back out there and do that it's okay it's okay it's okay for a coach to say I'm going to call a timeout to reorganize these guys. I said this a million times when having this discussion. The coach is part of the team. I understand the coach saying, and Joe Mazzullo saying, hey, I want these guys to figure it out. Like, dude, you're part of the team. You can help them figure it out. You are allowed to help them figure it out. That's, that's. The thing. And so I think this lesson is there. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think Damon Stoudemire did the right thing. And I think the guys responded. Nice win for the Celtics. Really nice win. Four wins in a row. Come out of this homestand after the two losses to Orlando and the loss to Indiana. You say, oh, man, those were those were three games that you really want to get back. But at the same time, you could have said, hey, they could have lost to the Clippers. They could have lost to Milwaukee and it's a seven game homestand you go 4 and 3 that's not it's not ideal you don't want to go 4 and 3 on a homestand could have said 5 and 2 all right they 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 could have certainly won uh one or two of those other games but ultimately i think i think they're better for it i think they the more they play now the more it looks like that five game stretch was a blip this is a nice little full full circle because uh this was a revenge game against the Clippers. It was a the Clippers were the like they lost to the Warriors. Okay. The Clippers was kind of a rough one because that was a 20-point loss. This was kind of a good kind of reset. All right, here we are. Back winning with defense, winning a game when you shot like crap, still figuring it out, getting getting back to what you do well. Getting to the basket, attacking the basket—it's all great, all great stuff. This is—I'm very happy with this win. I'm very, very happy with this win. Now they head up on a, uh, head out for a four-game road trip. Starts Sunday night against the Denver Nuggets. I will be in Dallas, but I will be covering the rest of this uh, remotely. So, subscribe. I will be here after all of these games. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to watch the show on YouTube? You can do that. Once again, we have a growing community in the comment section. People like to comment, talk about the games, talk about the podcast. So hop on in there as well. And if you are a subscriber, I'd love it if you shared the podcast, tell your friends and family and everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.